0: Well, church, I hope you are ready for a word. If you're ready for a word, why don't you type in the comments, I'm ready. Type that in the comments, I'm ready. And if you have your Bibles, let's go to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, verses 27 through 31. I believe that this is going to be such an important time as we get ready to center and to set the expectations for the rest of the year of 2021. I believe that the question I'm going to ask you today is actually going to reverberate in your heart and is gonna constantly be brought up again and again throughout the entirety of the year. So before we get into the word, why don't we go before the Lord in prayer? God, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity to open up your word. I thank you for everyone who is watching. I thank you for those who have tuned in for the first time and for those who have been watching for so many months, God, I pray that you would meet every need in their hearts, but I pray also, God, that you would reveal new things to them this year, that you would take them deeper this year, that you would take them higher in you, that they would continue to grow, to be conformed to the image of your son. God, we know that there can't be a fire in anyone's place if there is an iceberg behind this pulpit. So God, I pray that you would light me on fire, that I may burn for you, burn for your truth and your justice and your love. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer whom I I trust. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. If you got your Bibles, Matthew chapter nine, let's go to verse 27. Verse 27, it says this, as Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and he asked them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. You know, it's, it's so interesting because every year starts pretty much the same way. We always ask the question that is going to be the series title for the month of January. Now what? Now what? What am I supposed to be doing? Whether it's a new year's resolution, whether it's a a deciding to make a financial commitment or decision, whether it's deciding to get into a relationship or to distance yourself from other relationships. We're always asking the question, now what? Now, I think this has been taken to another level in 2021 Because 2020 was such a tumultuous year. Now, I want to hold some space here because I think sometimes we can move on quickly from our 2020 experience, move on quickly from our previous year experience. So I don't want to just brush and breeze past it. The things that happened, the the way we felt, the frustrations that we harbored, the emotions that we had, those things matter, not just to me, but those things matter to God. Everything that we saw in our culture, um, the struggling with the pandemic, all the things that we lost, all the things that we were not able to do, that we were robbed of, those things matter. And so if you are bringing those to to those cares, to this service, if you're bringing those frustrations to the service, we welcome them. There is space for them here. And it leads us oftentimes to ask us the question when we've had a year such as 2020 was, when we've had experiences such as we have had in the previous year, it leads us to ask this question, now what? Type that in the comments, type that question in the comments. Now what? Now what am I supposed to do? Now, how am I supposed to go forward? Now, how am I supposed to live? Now, what am I supposed to do with the things that I've gone through? And I don't know about you, but I'm asking the question in certain areas of my life, what am I supposed to do with what has been given to me? I have no control over what happened in my life, no control over the things around me, but what am I supposed to do with it? Dare I say that many of us are asking this question of God. Now what, God? You promised me certain things. I thought that according to what someone said, I thought that according to what my friends and my family members had experienced, I thought that you were going to move in a certain way. I thought that you were going to do certain things. And so we're looking at God and we're asking the question, even of God, now what? Now what am I supposed to do? But I wanna put a twist on this because I think it's easy for us to ask questions of God. But in the month of January, I want to take a step back and I want to flip the script a little bit because we're not going to be asking questions of God. We're going to respond to the questions God has asked us. Oh, you heard me right. We're going to respond to the questions that God has asked us. You know, I think there's this twistedness that we have when it comes to our relationship with God. Our relationship with God can become a monologue, not a dialogue you know any relationship that's good is a is a symbiotic relationship where we speak and we are spoken to where there are questions and then there are responses and it is de jour for us it is in vogue for us to ask questions of god and i don't think there's anything wrong with that god can handle those questions god can give us answers that can only come from divine wisdom but here's what i want to push against I want to push against the idea that we are the only ones who are supposed to ask questions. And I want us to push for the idea that maybe God is asking us questions. Maybe God is asking things of us. Maybe God is looking at us and asking the question. Now what? Maybe God is looking at us and asking the question. Now what will you do? What are you going to participate in? And so we want to respond to what God has already revealed. And so too many of us, I believe, we ask questions, we ask God questions that he can answer, but we do not have the answers when God asks questions of us. My, my, my. And so over the next five weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at five questions that Jesus asked people during his earthly life and ministry. These five questions are so important that I actually want you to take out a pen and a piece of paper, take out a sticky note or whatever it may be. And I want you to write down these questions in each of these weeks and throughout the rest of the week. I want you to plant those questions in prominent places around your house or in your car or on your desk so that you can remind yourself that God is asking you this question and you must respond. The first question that I wanna ask you is based upon our text in Matthew chapter nine. You probably already figured it out. The question is very simply this. Do you believe? Do you believe? I want you to type that question in the comments. Just three words, do you believe? In Matthew chapter nine, what we see here is that Jesus had a very busy chapter in his earthly life and ministry. Jesus had just come from healing Jairus's daughter and the woman with the issue of blood. And as he was leaving Jairus's house, there were two blind men that followed him. These two men were crying out to God. They were saying, have mercy on us, son of David. I believe that there are three things in particular that we must respond to whenever we are asked the question. Do you believe it's very important because church belief is so important as we move forward in 2021 that I believe God wants to start this year by asking that question and then having us to respond to it. So the first thing that we see here is that the blind men, they followed after Jesus. They sought after Jesus. This is interesting because when we say that they were blind men, that obviously means that they could not see. They did not have physical sight. They did not have the opportunity to see what was next. They did not have the vision to see where their feet would land whenever they would walk. And furthermore, catch this, they did not have the ability or the vision to see the miracles that God was capable of. Do you realize that when we talk about Jesus, when we talk about Jesus's miraculous work, and all the things that Jesus did on this earth and all the ways in which he healed people and caused food to multiply and raise people from the dead and heal people with issues of blood that the blind men were just simply going off of what they had heard. They could not see it for themselves. And there's something interesting about this because many of us in our society, we are so senses driven. We have to see it to believe it. We have to see it and then verify it. We have to see it and then get a double or triple confirmation. Otherwise, we don't believe it. But the blind men followed after Jesus, even though they themselves did not have the vision to verify the things that Jesus did. (laughs) Do you have the vision that even though you cannot see what God is doing, you can still trust? That's why I say this is the first thing we have to ask ourselves. This is the first thing we must do when we are asked the question, do you believe? We must seek When we can't see, let me say it again. We must seek with a K when we can't see. It is interesting because many of us have a I'll wait, I'll see it, I'll believe it when I am able to put my eyes on it, when I'm able to have vision, when I'm able to verify and we have a transactional conditional relationship with our God that says I'll believe it when I see it. When I'm able to see it with my own two eyes, when I'm able to see the money hit my account, when I'm able to see the things that I'm going through uh, resolved, when I'm able to see the the pain in my body healed, when I'm able to see this relationship restored, that's when I'll seek God. And it leads to a roller coaster relationship with God and a relationship that is very Western, that is very dangerous, that holds God. To a standard of success and significance. It holds God to a standard that God, as long as I can see it with my senses and touch it with my hands and feel it in my fingertips, that's when I'll believe you. That is a dangerous way to treat the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You must have a vision that seeks after God, even when you cannot see what God is doing. You have to have a vision that continues to put one foot in front of the other, even if you cannot verify where your feet are going to land. Think about it. Go into the story with me. The blind men were having to follow after Jesus and they could not see Jesus, but they could hear the crowd. They were crying out to God and they could not see his feet. They could not see his face and many of us, you might feel the same way. You might be walking along in spiritual darkness or metaphorical darkness. You might not be able to to verify the same things that you did in 2019 or previous years. You might not be able to see where you're going. You might not be able to observe the things that you thought were so obvious and clear. But I want to encourage you today, church. We have to seek even when we can't see. We walk by faith, not by sight. That's what my Bible says. We do not walk in verify based upon what other people have said and done, we don't hold God to that standard. We know that even if we can't see God moving, God is still moving. God is still supernatural. God is still miraculous. And that's why it is important for us to seek even when we can't see. I can just envision these blind men walking around, pushing through people, trying to find, hearing the crowds, pushing through, screaming, a desperate place. And in your desperate place, we have to be careful not to allow the things that we can't see to affect the ability and the pursuit that we have committed to seek God in. And so my question to you is, are you willing to seek God when it's hard? Are you willing to seek God even when your sight is betraying you? Are you willing to seek God even when your situation contradicts what you know? Are you willing to seek God even when your circumstances aren't being resolved? Are you willing to seek God? That's why you must first seek when you can't see. And this is interesting because the story continues on. They're pushing through. And then in verse 28, it says here that when he, Jesus, (laughs) had gone indoors, the blind men came to him. Hmm. So when he, Jesus, had gone indoors, the blind men came to him. Scholars speculate that this could have been Peter's house that Jesus was walking into. Scholars also speculate that there could have been a large crowd that had been following Jesus into a celebratory feast or something of that nature after his miraculous healings, after his time of, of, of ministry. But it, I find it so interesting because what scholars also tell us is that blindness was a stigma in that culture. Now we in the American context are striving as best as we possibly can to be inclusive, right? To those who are disabled. We are striving as best as we possibly can to create space and room, to create accessibility for those who have physical impairments. But the truth of the matter is that was not the case in ancient Israel. In ancient Israel, what we find here 2000 years ago is that if you were blind or if you had some sort of physical ailment, that this was seen by people as a curse from God at the very least you were not in favor with God. At the very least, you did not have the right standing with God. You must have done something wrong. Or or even as the disciples have said about blind men in the gospels, perhaps it wasn't you that sinned. Perhaps it was your parents. Perhaps it was your parents' parents. Perhaps it was someone connected to you that had sinned. And so because of that, you were not allowed the same access as everyone else. There were tears. There were some people who are more important than others. You were not allowed the same access to other people. You were not allowed to touch the same people. You actually had to be pushed outside of the gates. You actually had to be relegated to beggar status. But yet, even in spite of the fact that they were considered by other people to be second class citizens, that they were considered by other people to be marginalized, to be inferior, to be out of step with God. Isn't it interesting that the blind man followed him indoors? Not only do you have to seek when you can't see, here's number two, write this down. You must advance even when you're not allowed. You must advance even when you're not allowed. Notice this, Jesus never stops moving. Jesus never stopped for the blind men. Jesus never paused his gate. Jesus never stopped to look around and see who was calling him. He kept moving. This is the thing I love about God. God has not stopped moving. (laughs) We have stopped walking, but God hasn't stopped moving. We have stopped following, but God has not stopped moving. Many of us are looking around, you're asking, where is God? God's still moving in the same way God has always been moving. But the truth of the matter is, many of us are walking in step alongside and Jesus keeps moving, but the blind men, they have desperation. They have persistence. They have perseverance. And you know what they said? They said, even if I'm not allowed in the house, even if I'm not outside of the gate like people told me I should be, I have to keep advancing even when I'm not allowed. I have to keep pushing pushing even when people try to oppose me. I have to keep moving even when people say you're not supposed to be here. See, there's some of you that know what I'm talking about. You've had people who have put the invisible glass ceiling in your job, glass ceiling on your vocation, glass ceiling in your career, and they told you you're not supposed to be allowed to do that. You can't do all these things that other people say you can do. No, no you don't have a college degree. No, no, you don't have as much, mu- you don't have as much talent as they do. You don't have as many networking opportunities as they do. And here's what they do. They push you in a place and tell you, you're not allowed. You're not allowed. You're not allowed to be here. You're not allowed to be in this scenario. You're not allowed to be in this place. And here's what I think God is testing us on in this year. God is testing us. And God is asking, how desperate are you to experience the things that I've called you to experience? How desperate and persevering are you to pursue your purpose? How dedicated are you to move in the way that I've called you to move? You have to keep advancing even when you're not allowed. I think I need just a couple of people who will wave a hand in the comments, put an emoji hand in the comments and wave at me. If you're testifying this year, if you're determining to walk through every door that God has for you even if people say you shouldn't be there. You're gonna be in spaces where people are gonna tell you you're not supposed to be there and you're gonna be looking around saying it wasn't me who put me here, it was only the grace of God. You're gonna remember that every door you walked into, every seat you sat at, every place you entered, that place God put you there, not you, not man, not anyone else. And here's what's so interesting, Jesus never stops moving But the blind men follow. They don't stop either. Church, are you willing to be persistent this year? Are you willing to be determined this year? I wanna speak to someone who stopped in 2020. I wanna speak to someone who quit in 2020. It's okay, there's no condemnation. We have all stopped things that we should have kept going. But I wanna push back on someone right now who is saying it got too hard. It got too frustrating. It got too much. It got to my heart and my spirit, it discouraged me. It left me with my head hanging low. It left me with low self-esteem. I felt like I was an imposter in these spaces. I wanna challenge you in 2021 to never stop moving, to never stop following, to never stop doing what God has called you to do. So we must seek when we can't see, we must advance when we're not allowed. And then finally, Look at what Jesus does as soon as they come in. Jesus knows they're for real now, right? They enter into the house and they're screaming and begging him to save, to have mercy upon them. And he asked them this. He says, do you believe that I'm able to do this? They respond, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. The third thing that I think is so important is not only we must seek when we can't see, we must advance when we're not allowed. We must believe beyond where we're bound. We must believe beyond where we're bound. I'm going to push you this year to believe that God truly is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you ask or think. I'm going to push you To believe that God is truly capable of doing greater than what you expect. Greater and beyond doesn't necessarily have to mean in material context. It doesn't necessarily have to mean in your bank accounts or your material possessions. It doesn't have to mean that. That's not what I'm talking about. Some of us, we're not going to get big promotions. Some of us, we're not going to get huge deals. Some of us, that's not going to be how God blesses us. But I want to challenge you to believe that you can walk in a greater level of spiritual freedom than you ever have before. I want you to hear me because many of us, we have to be honest about the fact that we don't need a breakthrough in a natural sense. We need a spiritual breakthrough. We're bound in our souls. We're bound in our behavior. We're bound in our patterns. We're bound in our traumas. We are bound in the things, not that we would want to have, but in the things that we can't stop participating in. You have to believe beyond where you have been bound. It's so interesting because Jesus asked this question, do you believe? Not, do you believe that I'm gonna do this for you? That's not what Jesus said. Jesus asked this question, do you believe that I'm able? Jesus asked, do you believe that I'm able? Do you believe that I have the potential? Do you believe that I'm capable? Do you believe? Now, this is the interesting thing because many of us are going to say, I don't know if God's going to do it. Yes, we don't know if God's going to do it in our situation. But can we say like the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, our God is able and our God is willing. But even if not, will still serve. Our God is able. Do you believe that God is capable of setting you free? Do you believe that God is capable of turning your morning into dancing? Do you believe that God is capable of lifting up your head? Do you believe that God is capable of doing exceedingly abundantly? Do you believe that God is capable of making you more than a conqueror? Do you believe that God is capable of doing supernatural things? Do you believe that God is capable of restoring your marriage? Do you believe that God is capable of bringing your kids back to Him? Do you believe that God is capable of breaking up certain things that have had you bound? You have to believe beyond the place. that you're at right now. You have to believe beyond the place that has you bound. And the blind men, they had to answer Jesus. The Greek here is so interesting. They answered Jesus confidently. Yes, Lord. And I think all God wants this year is a yes. Do you believe? Yes. It may not happen the way I think it will. It may not come in the avenue that I expect. Do I believe? Yes, Lord. I believe. I believe. That's the question God is asking us today. Do you believe? Do you have the strong determination that even if you can't see it, you're still going to seek even when you can't see. You're still going to advance when you're not allowed. And you're still going to believe beyond where you're bound. God, I do believe. I do. And if that's you and that's what you're saying right now, I want you to lift up your hand right now. I want you to lift up your hand. God, I'm making a physical declaration, a physical commitment. I'm symbolizing the fact that I do believe. I believe that you're capable. I believe that you're willing and I respond affirmatively to you. I do believe. If you're lifting up your hand right now, I want you to think about that situation that seems unbelievable to you. It seems like an impossible situation. Lift up your hand right now and as your eyes are closed, I want you to think about that situation, how much it hurts you, how much it pains you, how much it frustrates you, how much you feel like there's no getting around it. Perhaps you're like, there's no one who wants me. I'm undesirable. I'm going to be lonely for the rest of my life. Perhaps you're saying, I don't have the same opportunities as everyone else. Perhaps you're saying, I don't feel like I have the same access as everyone else. Perhaps you're saying, this relationship, it's not going the way that I expected. This relationship, it's not working out. Whatever it is, keep your hand raised right now. And I want you to answer that question. When God asks you, do you believe? I want you to say it out loud, yes, Lord, I believe. Type it in the comments, yes, Lord, I believe. Say it with your mouth, say it with your heart and your spirit, yes, Lord, I believe. Yes, Lord, I trust. Yes, Lord, I put my faith in you. Yes, Lord, I know you're capable. Yes, Lord, I know you're willing. Yes, Lord, I do believe. God, right now we ask that you would imbue your people, that you would pour out upon us the supernatural power of belief, that your Holy Spirit would move, that your Holy Spirit would sweep through cameras and sweep through devices and would encourage and lift up your people to believe greater than we have before. It is a hard thing to believe when we can't see, but I pray that you give us the faith to take a step to walk out even when we can't see where our feet are going to land. It's a hard thing when people tell us we're not allowed, when people tell us we don't have access, when people tell us that we're nothing, or they subliminally, implicitly treat us as though we're inferior. I pray that you would call us to advance beyond where we're allowed, even when people say we're not. And God, I, I pray that you would call us to believe beyond where we're bound, the things that have us ensnared, I pray that you would break the chains, that you would destroy the yokes, that you would release the bondage and that you would do what only you can do. You asked us the question, do you believe that I'm capable? We say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, we do believe that you are capable and we will continue to believe throughout all of this year. May this reverberate in our hearts and our minds. In Jesus name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, once again, church, I want to encourage you to write down this question. Put it on a sticky note. Put it on a piece of paper. Put it somewhere where you will see it every single day and ask yourself the question, do I believe? I pray that before anything else is built up this year, your faith is built up so that you can follow God wherever he may lead us. I pray you're blessed. Do you believe? Yes, Lord. We do. Well, church, I hope that you have enjoyed today's service. I hope that the worship uplifted you. I hope that the word challenged you and I hope that God's spirit transformed you. It is our desire that this is not just simply a cyber experience but that this is a supernatural encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And if you had an encounter with Jesus, I want to invite you to signify that by typing saved in the comments, type saved in the comments. It is so important for us to continue to acknowledge and to applaud the decisions that are made as we continue to walk in the kingdom of god walk towards the pressing towards the mark of that calling and and that's why we believe discipleship is so important we want to reach out to you and encourage you give you some materials and we also want to invite you to join us on wednesday nights as well for our bible study at seven o'clock pm this is a time where we can open up the word unpack it go a little bit deeper even than what we have today in our Sunday morning experience. I also wanna encourage you, if you have not given yet, you can do so in three easy ways. You can click the link in the comment. You can also go to the Tithely app and type in New Dimensions Christian Center, or you can mail it in the old fashioned way, PO Box 6400, Pensacola, Florida, 32503. Listen, 2021 is going to be an important year, not just for our church, but for you as well. And we wanna invite you to continue to follow us and walk with us as we journey towards growing in Christ and growing in love for our neighbors. I hope that you will join us next week for our service. It will continue to be an exciting time and an encouraging time for you. But until then, I pray that you're blessed and safe and that you'll come back right here to NDCC Pensacola where our destiny is helping you to unlock your destiny. Be blessed. Have a great week. I don't have the pain in my face on, Give my all, I'm raising stakes People try to beat you, but we ain't in the race uh, ay, Gotta believe there's still an open door if you don't see it Just as long as I know my purpose, I won't lose it, I can't leave it I get knocked down all the time, And there's a meeting I'm defeated I'm going through changes, through changes West grace, know my place Yeah, I made mistakes, but I didn't stay Kept the faith, not the same After everything I done